Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Left Turns and Loud Noises. We are at episode 61. Today is Friday, June 26th, 2020. I am your host, Anthony Dietrich. I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the former president of r-reddit, Jeremy Methfield, has joined the show today. How's it going, bud? Oh, it's going real good. I've just got a full promotion to a full-blown co-host instead of, you know, let's go. Guy in the background making smart-ass comments every once in a while. You you've been the co-host for well over almost a year at this point. We bring you on more often than not. You pretty much have more episodes almost than uh than Alex. Oh. So, well, Alex is like busy being a dad and actually working in the NASCAR industry. So, we'll give him a big old pass yeah. on that. I always I always give him the benefit of the doubt. So Alex is not here this week. Um, he's very busy, like we said, being a dad and working in the NASCAR community with everything that's been going on. I've been in contact with him. We've got our picks ready for him. However, Kevin is not here this week for the first time in a while. Kevin is uh, dealing with a lot of stuff going on in Danger Bay. I'm not going to really go ahead and spoil anything, but let's just say Kevin's got a nice little two-week vacation working at home right now. So congratulations to Kevin. Congratulations. Yeah, we'll go with that. Listen, if you know what's going on in the state of Florida right now, you can pretty much put two and two together that at least 70% of the people are sick in this state. So, uh, you know, it, it, we're trying to all just get our, our our things together. But Kevin also made me wait three days to record just so he could tell me on Friday I can't record. So, uh, congratulations Bay, on like the vacation. <laughs> Congratulations. Danger Bay is going to need a new mayor after I come over there and smack the shit out of him for making me wait. All right. So we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, a lot's been going on. And I think the first thing that we need to start with, um, you know, obviously is what um, happened Sunday night in the NASCAR garage with Bubba Wallace and the suspected noose that was found in his garage. No, no, it was and a noose. It was a noose. It was a Don't noose. Yeah, I think noose. we can. It was I, I think a noose. If you are like blind, Maybe I could see that you could say, well, that's not news because I physically do not have two working eyes that connect to my brain, creating images with words. Now, a but real news has 13 have... loops. That one only has 11. That's not a real hangman's not news. <laughs> if, if you look up in Webster's dictionary or any dictionary that exists in the, in the known universe, the word noose would have a picture next to it that would be considered a noose. And 
it was discovered on Sunday night. Um, and it, I unfortunately, well, unfortunately, what happened was that FBI did an investigation, NASCAR did an investigation. It took a couple days for us to actually see the picture of it. But what ended up happening was that they um, figured out that the noose was there from uh, October of last year. And that it was not the result of a racial hate crime, which I want to first off say, um, I am relieved that we do not have someone within the NASCAR community working for NASCAR, either for a team official or the track who committed a crime like that. Um, But still, I mean, what we saw on Monday was one of the greatest uh, acts of solidarity and sportsmanship I've ever seen in the NASCAR community. I think that someone said this is on par with when Dale Earnhardt was like, everyone came to congratulate him. Yeah, that was for finally me. winning the 500. That was you. Oh, well, Methy honestly n- hit the nail around the head. That was huge. Like for the 5,000 or however many fans that stayed at Talladega for Monday, I know um, my friend Christian was there, you know, he, everyone was saying that was one of the most amazing things they've ever seen in person. And I have to agree. That was wonderful solidarity that the NASCAR community showed. Oh, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it, thank you're you're right. I'm relieved that there wasn't uh, any type of uh, message intended yeah. with the the noose there. I'm just I'm relieved that it was a uh, Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events that led to it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I like that. I, thank you. Uh, at the time, what else could you have thought it was intended to be? There was a noose in the garage of the only black driver there. There was Confederate mm-hmm. flags flying over the track, Confederate flags being driven around the track, you know, in protest mm-hmm. of the banning of the flags. The driver... The hate that Bubba's been getting on oh the internet, God. too. I mean, it would lead you to believe that there is a target on his back. It's been there. I, I mean, there have been people who, after the fact, have said that they should put Bubba still in that, which is disgusting. I saw Mike Skinner's son saying something like that. And shame on shame on those people. It's absolutely disgusting that you have that much hate in your heart for someone just trying to move NASCAR in a better direction, in a more progressive direction. It, it just, it, it scares their little racist hearts, I guess. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And I'm just so happy, not happy, that's not the right word, but I yeah. relief that relief. it was just such a, like I said, I replied to uh, Freddie Kraft in a tweet so basically, it's like this has got to be like a billion-dollar type of parlay bet. Mm-hmm. It's like who would have bet that a crew guy, probably just standing up against the wall, bored, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for his car to come back in from a practice run, playing with a rope hanging down there, just tied it up and went, hey, guys, look, <laughs> a noose. And just in- innocently, just bored, tied a noose. Yeah, nooses, whatever, they, the message they mm-hmm. portray, if you want them to portray that, but... In that context, there was no hatred behind it. It was just boredom led to the dude tying a noose. What are the odds of that? Then let alone, what are the odds of coronavirus shutting everything down for months? The yeah. odds of George Floyd losing his life at the hands of a police in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. leading to the Black Lives Matter movement, ble- leading to, you know, more police brutality, More police and, brutality riots going and riots on. and peaceful protests. Don't forget about the peaceful mm-hmm. protests. Of course, of course, of and course. Then Sorry. The, and then Bubba Wallace, the only black driver with the Black Lives Matter car getting assigned that pit stall. If he was in a different points position, he could have picked the next one. If he was one head, one points 
spot ahead or behind, he would have been in a different garage stall. It's, what are the, the odds are odds? so preposterous? It feels rigged. That's like a big thing and, that a lot of people are saying. And that's it what just a lot of the feel like it's a coincidence. That's what a lot yeah. of the conspiracy theorists or the I don't even know what you want to call them. They're they're biting into that and standing on that hill to die on that. It's like nope, it's a setup. It's like ah, no, look at it, what it's, are the odds of this happening? It's and it's 2020, and everything else that's happened. What are the yeah, odds? What are the odds people, of it not happening? Definitely, people are more sensitized right now, and that's another thing. Like you, you hit the nail right on the head with um, you know, the Confederate flags outside and over the track going on all the threats that have been made towards Bubba's life, essentially on social media. It's like it's not hard to believe that NASCAR would react this way. Now, my thing is that I was saying, if like obviously th- this ha- was investigated, but if NASCAR had the opportunity to see it, I think they said it like four in the afternoon and then release it somewhere between nine, they had hours to look at it and basically say like, no, this, this was here before. But I mean, obviously the investigation had to go on to figure it out and everything that was going on with that. It's just, I I have to say, I appreciate the transparency. That's one thing that came out of this. Oh, for sure. I hope that NASCAR doesn't fall back away from, because they could have completely swept this under the rug and said, this is nothing. Like, we're not going to talk about this. Like, no, they put themselves out there. At the risk of this, what happened happening as a huge misunderstanding, and they still took it on the chin. And yeah, we all have some egg on our face from what happened and what transpired from either what we said, what we believed, or what was going on. I know I saw people talking about that, oh, this was always there, and saying that, you know, like me coming back at them, like, I can't believe, you know, that you try and just feed into this. Like, you know, you're just feeding into the racists. And the, the people that love these conspiracies, and then they 16, ended up being right. It was just sixteen hundred garage stalls. 16, exactly. There's eleven tied with you know a a, a, a loop. You know, get a better yeah. grip on it. Eleven out of sixteen hundreds, and one noose mm-hmm. in the one black driver's garage stall. How it's are crazy. we not going to think that? Thank God. The FBI came in, did the job, and said, yeah. nope, this is just a long series of unfortunate co- coincidental events. Mm-hmm. And how awkward had was that conversation for the guy in a 21 car going to his team? Oh, yeah. Going to the boss. Uh, yeah, hey, you know that noose they found? Uh, yeah, I tied that last year. Just, you know, I was bored and yeah, look, a noose. And then the car came in and I forgot to untie it. Uh, I think that we need to start giving crew guys pen and paper to just mess around. You know those little stars that people would draw in like the early two thousands. Oh yeah, I think that's a more productive. I think that's a more productive way. Like the little three lines, three lines, and then you just mark them. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the middle schoolers and elementary school kids would do that when I was in school. And no, it's like I'm, whenever I'm from you were the in 90s, college, it was that like S thing. Yeah, a little, yeah, I always I always associate with skateboarders. Just give yeah. the crew guys pen and paper and have them draw those all day or something or or yeah. or, or pictures of or maybe they want to be Jonah Hill and draw pictures of dicks. I don't know. Maybe. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I shouldn't I should say that I'm not I wasn't implying that the uh, crew guy in the 21 car did it. I'm just saying No, yeah. It just he he's one who it's came a forward possibility. and said he remembered I... seeing it. It's like I'm going to be like, yeah, I think you did it, but I'm not trying to say that. I'm sorry if that's how it's yeah, coming across. Let's not throw anyone under the 21 um, under the bus, you know, but definitely it. I believe that if it 100% was not a malicious crime, which I don't think it was at this point after the investigation, I really do think it was just a mistake that someone forgot was there, which is 
preposterous to think about. But if you do understand how the NASCAR garage works, it is not you just sit there all day and just, oh, the car is coming to me. Like, no, being in the garage visiting as a fan, obviously I don't work in a garage, so I don't know how it is. But hearing stories from Alex, watching Alex work and watching my friends who work in the garage work, they are never just like vibing. They are constantly working. And when they are doing nothing, they're just bored. Oh, yeah. It's like, just just. Like, it's, but it's for the been, most part, they can. It's easy to forget. Oh no! When I when I had my own car, not NASCAR or anything, but local stuff, there was you get fifteen minutes of practice, half hour practice here. You get yeah. you get to the track at one o'clock. Practice doesn't mm-hmm. start until four, so there is a lot of hurry up and wait. It's like, all yeah. right, we got to do this to the car. Once you get that done to the car, what do we do now? Well, we wait until we're called. So there is a considerable amount of downtime if everything's going well. If, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're throwing a kitchen sink at it, obviously you're going to be a lot busier. But if, you're, if things are going well, you're, there's a lot of hurry up and wait just to sit around. And so there is downtime, especially when the car's out on the track. You know, you get a bored crew guy, you know, somebody's out on a fuel run. At Talladega, mm-hmm. he could be out. He could be gone forty minutes. You spend ten minutes cleaning up, getting ready for him to come back, and then you just kind of stand there listening to the radio, waiting to hear the uh, uh, coming to you call. Yep. So there's. I know I just completely contradicted myself, by the way, in that last statement by saying like, "Oh, they're never. They're always doing something." And oh, by the way, when the the car is on the track, then they're bored. Well, it's like there are two things going on there simultaneously. But yeah, basically, and not, you're still working, waiting for the call, and not not bored, I should say, but there is downtime when you're on call so you're not really bored yeah. but you're just waiting for that call so that's you, you, not to mention you a NASCAR garage is very busy it is like just not just not just with the cars and everything with the fans the access that happens i know at least for xfinity and truck garages like the fans have so much access cup not so much but still like it, there's so much going on you just never have like you know the crazy amount of downtime just clean up your messes and stuff it's an unfortunate situation i will say like we can at least um you know conclude with we are both everyone for the most part with at least a brain is relieved that we don't have to you know have a situation where it was a hate crime that is a relief i think and bubba obviously has come out i think every situation that has been thrown at him this past year um, if you look at it, he has grown so much, and he is so much stronger than he was when he first came into the, the Cup Series. Like, last year around this time, we were talking about his anxiety that he was having, his depression, and how it was, like, really taking a toll on him. And then you see him at the um, Memorial Day weekend last year at the All-Star Open just absolutely coming into his own. And now with this that's going on, you know, he has become a leader in in not only just the garage, but in the community itself for um young black nascar fans that are coming into the sport i mean the people that were on tv right after the race um you know cheering him on just chanting bubba that was awesome to see and you know i i gotta say like what bubba's doing i completely love it like it, it's awesome to see new fans coming to sport i've been talking to like i mentioned it on last week's episode one of the nba wnba players um Renee Montgomery, like she's constantly asking questions about the sport. And I am trying my best and a lot of other uh, NASCAR figureheads on Twitter to help her out. It's, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful, like getting new people into the sport. It's, it's genuinely great to see. And like you said, Bubba becoming a leader. And I think, like, I think he was a, a, a reluctant leader to begin with. 
not even mm-hmm. about you know the Black Lives Matter movement or anything, but just as yeah. a a young man in the sport, regardless of race. Him, uh, Blaney, Chase Elliott, uh, their bromance yep. going back and forth on Twitter and messing with each other. That was it was a you know a beautiful thing to see and fun to watch and seeing them interact and engage the younger the younger fans on a platform that they're familiar with and comfortable with. So it's great yeah. to see they were all pretty much coming together behind him and them to begin with. And mm-hmm. now with the, with the, you know, the, the black lives matter car and everything that it stands for and represents, it's an even bigger and more important rallying point rallying call than just cars going around in circles. It represents mm-hmm. so something so much bigger than, than ever than anybody and i think bubba has embraced it and whether he he said he doesn't want it but he's happy to accept it or something along those lines yeah he didn't go looking for it but it's kind of been thrust upon him and he's picking it up and running with it and god bless him i'll stand with bubba all day any day absolutely dude same here man it's it i i really am hoping you know obviously watching a Talladega race like it felt like at times bubba was putting himself in a great position obviously the way it ended with fuel mileage of all things that a restricted plate track fuel mileage coming into play um you know kind of cost us that opportunity to see him fight for the win um it was still just a wonderful day for for the sport you know props to Corey lajoy for not leaving him on the back stretch yeah it shouts out Corey lajoy for that one, um, you know, it was, just, it was really, it was really positive. There was a lot of positivity that came out of uh, Monday's race, and we can, we're going to touch on all that in a minute. So just bear with us here. How about that? Finish, you were saying, though? yeah. Well, let's let's just <laughs> ra- round up the Bubba stuff. I just want to say first and foremost because I'm going to name it the episode. But fuck racism, fuck racists, fuck racism. I think we all can stand behind that. I'm on, I'm on board with that. Yeah, it's. The people who are trying to use this to, um, you know, move their own racist uh, political agenda, especially the one where people, I swear to God, the the dumbest people on the entire internet who just love to look at NASCAR as, oh, funny cars go circle four turns. Like, they just find the video of Bubba throwing water in Bowman's face and being like, is this your, is this the left's hero? It's like, dude, fuck you. Use some fucking context for that. And. Bowman and Bubba got over that real fucking quick. Bowman, Bowman was fucking hugging Bubba before the race on, on uh, Monday, and they seemed to have really moved past that a long time ago. But, of course, eight months later, no, now we're going to bring it up. Yeah, I, it, I fucking hate racists. And there was a whole bunch of – the whole story behind that was actually kind of uh, – I found it to be funny. It was, you know, yeah. Bubba gave him the middle finger or something, which, you know, he does that to everybody. Yeah. I give the middle finger yeah, to everybody. Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast. It's like, we said that Bubba and Bowman are best friends. We're, they're BFFs. They were just they were just trying to, to, to give each other hugs on the track, and then Bubba saw that he was dehydrated, so he just wanted to, 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 to cool him down. Yeah, no, yeah, no, let's, no, let's not play that card. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it was Bubba flipped him off, and Bowman didn't like yeah. it. Bubba, or Bowman didn't like it. There's too many bees and damn alliteration yeah there was way too many bees in that that's why it was an alliteration episode yeah so bowman didn't like getting the finger because that meant something who, who different really does to him. so hell kyle I, bush i guess but yeah i mean well chase elliott that was kyle great bush. i mean yeah but kyle doesn't mind friends flip each other off that's what they do but apparently it meant oh something, yeah it meant i do every different. time i see my boys and just something and just like you know the confederate flag it means something different to a large group of people 
So, you know, out yep. of respect for them, out of respect for them alone, it's like, well, what did Dale Earnhardt Sr. do? He had a, a bumper sticker, and then he found out uh, he had an employee, a housekeeper, a black woman who said she's offended by it, so he went out and cut the Confederate flag off of his car, off out of the bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. I've heard that story before. He goes, I didn't realize that it meant that to you, and he, he apologized and got rid of it. We need to really normalize people, like, being able to learn from their mistakes and get better. I saw a post on Reddit um, on the NASCAR subreddit about a woman who, like, didn't realize how hateful the Confederate flag was until Monday or, or Sunday night. And she realized that she wanted to go back on her remarks. And the NASCAR community was like, all right, well, we're glad you're learning. Yeah, if you can. You know? that's it's all about I... growth. Character development is important. I like it. That's what makes uh, TV shows and movies interesting to me is character development. And, you know, people develop, yeah. people change once they see new information. And those who no, deny new information like, and refuse to grow, I like good, yeah. don't need them. I like, I like good character development because there is character development in, like, Game of Thrones where everyone just reverts to one-dimensional characters. Yeah. That was, I don't want to talk about that. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> all right. So we pretty much we, – I think we've hit the nail – on the head with everything that's been going on with the Bubba stuff. And by the way, shouts out Methy for one of the best uh, uh, uses of a series of unfortunate events I, I've heard in a minute. So that was <laughs> unfortunately now you, you, you've blown your load and I don't think you can do that again. Now it, it, you'll mean, find a way to do it. You'll I, find a way to throw it back in there. I do. I do. I do have that uh, unique skill of, comp- I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we've touched a little bit on Talladega right so this was honestly um, a lot of what ifs were going on this weekend with the um, cup series. Cause we didn't have any practice. We didn't have any qualifying. So we didn't know what this new package was going to bring, but it was a new package new with um, like quotation marks around it. It was a, it was an updated package that was desperately needed after the last three restrictor plate, three out of the four have seen some pretty vicious flips. Um, and definitely I will say the racing did not suffer the way I thought it was going to, if anything, this felt like more pure plate racing than I've seen in a very long time. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a more pure plate race than this. They were able to race. They weren't just stuck in Dude, line. They were able to race, which made it did, amazing and yeah. fun to watch start to finish. Did we even see any trains going on? It felt like, I mean, they really just were side by side in the front 25. It felt like most of the race. They probably did get start to go train. And then Ricky Senhouse just came up and said, nah, follow me and move the whole line with them. <laughs> I think the only train was really the Penske train. They, they did lead about like eight cars at the front it for about like 20 laps. And then Senhouse was like, no, 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 come back. I, to I have a fast car. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun i i will say i mean it, it started the day started off with a great um gesture by all the nascar drivers and teams and it just it never let off the gas from from an excitement point of view i i honestly genuinely was having a very very good time with it I was, and I, and there was so much to talk about i was stuck at work watching it on a uh oof on a closed window you know, trying to hide it from the boss, but even he was like, oh, even he came up, he goes, what are you watching? Like, the race, and he's watching it with me, he goes, damn, these guys are nuts! So he got a, he got <laughs> on board with it. Who was, it was Blaney, in like, I, I want to say it was uh, the second stage, almost got turned in the front straightaway from being pushed so hard, 
and, and he, saved it. He going didn't even, 195. He didn't even lift, and he gained. He, he didn't lift. He gained momentum from it. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna go sideways to the lead. It's like Tokyo drift intensifies. I, I, I think. I think he was racing Bowman, and Bowman just let off the gas. Like, holy shit, he's going to lose it. It's like, you know what? You go ahead. You're crazy. Just you go lead. I'll just follow in line behind you because, holy shit, you're sideways. Yeah. You deserve this one, buddy. Yeah, I'll let you win and this And I got to say, Ryan Blaney, what a performance. I mean, it's very rare that Ryan Blaney has the best car and actually wins the race. Normally, it's Ryan Blaney has the best car and something stupid happens. But finally, we can say that Blaney – deserve this win i mean i feel like senhouse may have also deserved this win but I, that that point zero zero seven seconds uh margin of victory again uh, again he's 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 the new james bond like get daniel craig out of here put ryan blaney i want redneck james bond and starring ryan blaney and he is pretty enough to pull it off so i'll give him that oh my gosh that mustache the flow it, i can't believe penske's allowing him to do that I, they, they, they're into the, um, uh, he's the new Casey Kane for the soccer moms. So God bless him. Let the flow flow. I'm just hoping he actually wins, uh, wins the big one in both championship and the 500. Casey had like what? 19 wins in his career. I, Something like that. I, I don't know. He, he, he pulled a lot of wins out of his hat in the late two thousands. It was like, I don't even remember it. Like he won like three races in the four car. No, it was just one. Red Bull. It was just one. He won Phoenix. It felt like four. He, no, it's because he was number four. Ah, that's, that's it. But um, going back to the, the Talladega race, I, I mean, first of all, we didn't even really see that big of a wreck. We saw them get into it on the last lap, but that wasn't the big one. Like, for fans, new fans that were, like, hopping into the sport, that was not the big one. Like, trust me, if you want to see the big one, <laughs> you'll see the big one. Yeah. It, that was just a couple cars getting a little squirrely on the last lap. Yeah, when uh, Tony Stewart. I don't know how they old in. Tony Stewart over. in the lead makes a block and ends up on his roof in front of the that's field. That's a big one. That's the big one. When Tony that's Stewart gets one. out and says, We didn't wreck enough cars, it's like, Yeah, yeah, you did. Make it's a okay. figure eight. <laughs> Make a figure eight. Make him go backwards. Nah, that, was, but, um, that was a good that was a good race start to finish. No big oh, ones. Yeah. No, oh my God, I think he's hurt. It, it was. Yeah, that was a relief. Solid, solid race. Happy to have watched there was, and that finish, There was one moment. Shit, that finish. Yeah, what a finish. What a, I mean, I, I thought Eric Jones was going to win the race. I was like straight up like Jones is just too big of a push. There's no way. Jones, then Nemechek gets away from him. Like, Nemechek might win this race. I was I think, pumped. And then Blaney was I like. I was so pumped for John Hunter. And Blaney just went full-blown Gandalf. He's like, you shall not pass. Yeah, I got to say right now, and this, is, this might be a poor time joke, but. We clown Ricky Stenhouse for constantly creating incidents at plate tracks, but nobody wants to talk about how Ryan Blaney has essentially wrecked 10 cars coming to the finish of these races. No one's ready for that conversation. No, not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll get to Daytona in August when Blaney ends up, when, when it's Blaney and Stenhouse again, and Blaney ends up taking out Stenhouse coming to the line. Um, we'll, we'll have that conversation later, but for I'm real sure. though, I think that Blaney obviously once again showed remorse for how he raced at the end of one of these things, obviously different situations. And I don't think he realized again, that Nemechek was even outside of Jones. He, he just did, went to no, block there, Jones. no way. And it was, his oh shit, there was another going, car there. His spotter had been going like 10 words a second to try and tell him what was going on that last lap. Outside, I mean, outside, I, I inside, inside, outside, run, go high, block low, coming low, coming high, coming low. You, you know what? Screw it. You're on your own. And then chaos. Yeah. 
yeah, I feel like this spotter just told him, all right, good luck coming to the trioval. It was just, it's like they're everywhere. He just closed his eyes. Good luck, everybody else. I swear five different cars had a chance of, of beating Blaney to the line, and Blaney said, no, sir. I, I, I mean, Almirola, that I, wasn't Blaney's fault. I Almirola still don't know how he finished race. third backwards. Mm-hmm. I think that we no longer should talk about Boyer finishing on his roof because um, freaking Almirola finished sideways in third. third. He got a podium backwards. I mean, that's some racing level shit right there. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, 2X? Uh, I don't think he Two, hit anything. 4X? Hey, he hit he hit Stenhouse. Stenhouse was uh was wasn't giving him well, the lane. Plate tracks for some reason. I for me personally, my experience, they're a little bit more forgiving on bumping and stuff. Yeah, because so. he got a bump draft. Yeah. Yeah. So he may have just you know he may have walked out with oh, a zero just... X on that one. Dude, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Oh man, that's uh, I I still just can't get over the fact that we could have how that finish was was preposterous. Yeah. And that's just plate racing, baby. Yeah, I had I was watching it on my phone. Because, you know, at work and had to leave the building for, you know, time mm-hmm. reasons, whatever. I'm watching on my phone and I'm literally screaming at it going, oh, who won? Who won? I have no yeah. idea Dude, who won. Joy, Mike Joy said Ricky Stenhouse at first. He said it might be Stenhouse. And then, nope. James Dude, Bond if Carol Walter was there, we wouldn't have heard anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Hot dog or what did he yell? Corn dog or something? He, I mean, he would have just been screaming into the mic. Yeah. Almirola got it backwards. No, no, calm down. Let's wait for the replay. Oh man, oh, just I, I think touching off on that race, there was just a lot of like holy shit moments. I think the biggest one was uh, Chase Elliott's. Um, I, I still don't know how that was only a two car crash. I, I have no idea. I, I look at it and I feel like Ryan, like Chase Elliott, completely controlled his spin. And then the funniest thing is that he just went right back out there with a nose that clearly was destroyed. He's like, duct tape it. It'll be fine. Flex tape it. It'll be fine. Yeah, flex tape. Just, just put, put me back out there. And he, he didn't get to finish the race there. Um, unfortunate for Austin Dillon, too, because Austin um, just completely clobbered Chase Elliott and somehow did not spin. I think that what they've done with this package, just slowing it down enough is putting a little bit more control in these cars so they don't just completely lose it and have huge wrecks on the infield. So, yeah, shouts out NASCAR for pulling it off. Amen. They finally found – I think they finally found that happy medium with power yeah, and they, force I think and that drag. Because Blaney – What that we being, saw with – oh, sorry. Oh, no. So Go ahead. With Blaney being that sideways come on the front stretch. No, that should have killed everyone. Any other year, he's going around and taking half the field with him. That's yep. – I, that's all I can say about that. But they got enough downforce and drag, and that giant parachute just, you know, catches them and brings them back. Well, mm-hmm. That's what those uh, the shark fins are for, like the three or four yeah. inch tall, clear, clear runners on the yeah. uh, on the driver's side. People forget that they're there. Yeah, you spin out, and that's supposed to create resistance that you know will mm-hmm. allow you to catch it and bring it back. And you put that on top of the giant big ass spoiler. It's I don't want to say they're unspinnable, but. Uh, it's- didn't that happen to John Hunter? Like, John Hunter spun on the front stretch and he just completely saved it. Finished in sixth or whatever, he, wherever he finished. Sideways in the wall, upside down. Somehow, yeah. yeah. Somehow, did it. It's crazy, man. Just uh, shout, applaud NASCAR because what they did with the Super Suck package is they made plate racing dumb exciting, but it was also like there's no way you can block these guys. There's nothing you can do if you get a big run. You're just you're on for a ride here. Yeah, freight now train coming on the outside. Don't yeah, even think about trying to block it. They've made it safer. They've made it more exciting. Somehow they've made it more pure. 
I think that, and the best part is, Methy, we have six more races at plate tracks until the new car comes. So six. we get six more tries. Oh. Yeah. Two this year, four next year. Oh, that's right. That's right. schedule changes. That's right. Yeah. They push back the new People, development until uh, 2022. 2022. Yeah. What, what year is it now? I, fuck, I don't even know anymore. It's, I, it's 2020, sadly. We're still in 2020, Matthew. Damn. Oh, man. It's definitely, um, it's definitely awesome that we, uh, it's, we're going to get more of this. And it's good to see NASCAR actually, I don't want to say actually, but stepping up to the moment. It's like they've got a lot of mm-hmm. fresh eyes, a lot of new eyes, a lot of impressionable eyes coming to the sport right now because a nothing else is on b yep. they're making progress in the right direction in a yep. in a big vocal visual way and they were able to put a product out on a track that 100% delivered 100% and i hope definitely this uh... weather at Pocono does the same because shit it's the weekend it's summertime you ain't got shit else to do outside Let's watch mm-hmm. Arca. Let's watch Trucks. Let's watch Cup. Let's watch Xfinity. Let's watch Cup again. I just hope they, the the product on the track Xfinity series I know is going to produce. I just I have no doubt. Yeah, Xfinity, Xfinity series produce, right yeah. now. Truck series, mm-hmm. that's that's a crapshoot. It's going to be you know. Kyle see. Busch is racing, I think. So. Uh, well, that's going to be entertaining. Yeah, well, let me double check that. Let me. Kevin's usually here to correct me on these things, this, so this I'm, I'm spewing out facts that are incorrect. Probably. We, we got no stat boys. Yeah, our, our stat man is gone at the moment. Um, can I? Where I just, is this? I just hope the Cup Series is able to deliver. And speaking of Xfinity Series, are we done with the? Uh, we done with Talladega? Um, well, we got to finish up with the other two races that did happen, sadly. Arca, well, the, Arca was boring and stupid as hell. Okay, that was like the, a bunch here's of... Here's the Arca update. Arca is... Arca... Arca doesn't work with plate tracks anymore. I don't know if it's the car... It doesn't work. The body, the package, the, car. the drivers, the, car. the lack of a field. It just... It didn't work, and th- that was one of the... It was terrible. If I was at that race, I probably would have left, and that would have been my second ARCA race that I've left, just because, like, no, this isn't even racing. This is this is a parade. This is practice. It's the, practice. The last lap, the leader was out by himself by, like, 10, 15 car lengths, and three cars come yeah, running they, up they, on him, and they just they go. They tried to go sideways. And they lifted. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they lifted. They're like, we'll just get in line coming to the checker. It's like, why, what, what, what just happened? They all wrecked. Like or two of them, right? Riley Herbst again. It was. It was anyway. Back to the Xfinity series. Okay, the Xfinity series. Okay, well, listen, I don't remember. We'll, we'll, we'll try Arca. I think Arca is this weekend, so Arca should do better at Pokemon. Aren't sure. they today? Are they? I think they raced no, today. No, no way. Hold on. You know that would make sense having a, a race on Friday, but let me just. I'm fairly Arca certain they're racing today. Schedule. I'm terrible at this. I'm sorry. I hope they updated their website. Um, is it? No, that's no. Let me find this. Um, anyway, 20... yeah, no, on, I think wait, they says... are racing today. Oh, they haven't even they haven't even updated this on the website. Oh God, Arca. I'm not. Hang on. Just okay. Just bear with us here. Who wrote this? Um, According to Ar- this, Pocono was raced raced oh, no. yesterday on the Arca subreddit. Okay, Arca Reddit. Oh, no, it's Arca Music. It's Arca Racing. Why is there Arca Music? It's Arca Racing, and I got it racing on the 25th, which was yesterday, so I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, they haven't even updated on the subreddit. Oh, hang on. Come on, Johnny, get on your shit. Oh, yeah, that is his. 
All right, fuck it. I, there might be an ARCA race today. There might be an ARCA race tomorrow. Are you even watching it, though? Maybe. Um, okay, so moving along the Xfinity series, we've absolutely just completely buried the ARCA series. So the Xfinity race was pretty solid. We saw more freight training there. It tends to happen with the Ar- the uh, Xfinity um, plate uh, package. You get more freight training there. It's a little harder to get the runs, and especially considering they've completely banned um, locking bumpers, which is a little easier to do, I think, in Xfinity than it is Cup at times. Yeah, because um, they got that, but we, we, that uh, they call it with the beach the beach ball bubble. Yeah. If you, if you can get to it, you're good, but once you get if in you, there... It's, if you get in it, yeah. it's suck. It's it's full suck. Um. So, shouts out Justin Haley. Uh, finally, finally, finally getting that first Xfinity win. This has been a long time coming for him, considering he is a Cup Series winner before an Xfinity Series winner. So, huge shouts out to Justin Haley. I'm a big fan of him. Um, you know, a nice young kid. And definitely shouts out to Colleague, who is just having an awesome season right now. They got Almondinger in victory lane. They got Justin Haley in victory lane. Now can we get Melon Man in there? I really want to – I really have been missing those Melon uh, smashes. Yeah, seriously. If, you, if I had to make a bet on which of the three drivers of Colleague would have won first – uh, I would have lost twice already because I don't understand how how Chastain hasn't made it yet. Haley and the Dinger have. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, first of all, AJ Allmendinger, a winner in Cup. Justin Haley, a winner in Cup. Maybe Ross Chastain just has to win in Cup first, I, and we can we can get break through. That's a good I think call. I figured it out. I like it. We'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chastain does go on a little bit more of a run because now Colleague is looking at they have two guys in victory lane. Haley is now secured. He can work on playoff points and stuff like that. They probably are going to put more effort into making Chastain now have the number one car materials. Like, I don't know how that works with like giving your team the number one car, number two car, developmental car, whatever. I just know that Chastain is de- – they're going to put more effort into getting him into victory lane. There's, there's no doubt in my mind Chastain's winning at some point this year. Oh, the car sure. hasn't been there. Yet, but he has shown speed. He's he's led a lot of laps, a decent amount, and obviously with the lack of Kyle Busch and other Cup ringers in the field, it's it's going to be a little easier for him to snag someone. But man, the Xfinity field is still so stacked with talent. Like they're all so equally good there. It's it's like you got guys like Briscoe. You guys got you got guys like Burton. Um, Allgaier shows up every now and then, and of course Graxon is. I I I've hated on Graxon a lot, but. I got to tell you, oh, hold on, hang on one second. It's open? Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm not going to edit that. Um, <laughs> you got guys like Graxon, who's Mr. Excitement. I mean, you have to admit, like, Graxon's a, 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 you know, drives like a pissed-off teenager, but it is fun. He is. Dude's a wheel man, though. I'll give him he credit. Is, yeah, well, I mean, you are correct. He is a pissed-off teenager. Is that Emma? Oh, shit, I think my girlfriend just drove away. Um, I'm I'm distracted by a lot of things right now, kind of. Kind of like how we are on this podcast in general. Like, ooh, shiny, um, shiny, shiny objects. Don't even get me started about like the birds and like the things digging in in, in the ground around my uh around my yard. It's crazy. I will say this: without Kevin being here, we do get a birdless episode. So that's kind of man. There's too. Have you many, ever notice like too many bees? Too many. We got birds. We got burrowing. We got Blaney, Briscoe, Bowman, Bowman, BFF. Uh, Bubba. A lot of bees. Baloney. Bumblebee tuna. Byzantium. It was a good Bowman empire. They had a good Bowman. empire for a while. 
I'm trying to think of other things to start with B now. I'm just, I'm just. We really are just the ADHD podcast. Boba Fett. Oh yeah, how can I forget my favorite character that almost does absolutely nothing in all of Star Wars? But he looks badass not doing it. Yeah, you know who else looked badass and did absolutely nothing was Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. How did that work out? That was terrible. They overhyped the hell out of her and nothing. And they gave her a punk ass too. Star- you want to just you want to just talk Star Wars real quick for ten minutes since Kevin's not here? He won't do it with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, uh, okay. Mandalorian, yeah, sure, okay. Mandalorian season two coming right, up well, this hold fall. On. Oh, oh, yeah, I need. Yeah, well, I haven't finished season one because I'm working on Clone Wars right now. But oh yeah, my no, god, Mandalorian oh, season okay. two is is gonna be hype. All right, Clone Wars. I'm down with Clone Wars. Well, I'm only on season two. I just we just got to Mandalore. Oh, season Jesus. two. Oh, Jesus. I'm so far behind. I know what happens, though. I do know what happens. Oh, you think not? There's a lot of things that have been spoiled for me with um, with Clone Wars, unfortunately. I know about Mandalore. I know about um, the, the girl with Obi-Wan. I know about um, uh, Fives, unfortunately. That oh. one really hurts. And I think I know how it ends, too. But I've been avoiding the ending spoilers. And I also know Darth Maul's going to show up any day now, and I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you've pretty much spoiled anything and everything I could spoil for you, but yeah, no, even though yeah. you know what's going on, it's still, it's still fun to watch and still fun to see develop yeah, and happen. Course. And then when it does happen, you're like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay. So there's mm-hmm. still, yeah, it's, there's still excitement there for of, you. It's one of the few animated shows that I really, really have enjoyed so far. I definitely, definitely do enjoy like the Star Wars when you can build the universe rather than just, it's space chase. In 3D, that oh, dude, why don't you just take a star destroyer, jump in front of them, and then blast them from the front because they got all their shields pointed at the rear? How hard would that be? You got how many hundreds? No, it was no. How many hundreds of tie fighters on board? And you can't just like, hey, we're gonna send three squads in the front of them. We're gonna fly over them because space is three dimensional. You don't have to fly in the same plane. Just go to a different altitude, fly over them, dive down, blast them in the nose. But no, roll credits. This has been a very long time coming for for Star Wars. We have, we've 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 allowed them to exist for sixty episodes. Now is the time we tear we tear them a new asshole. So I mean, it's just I, it, the whole last jet. I think is just I mean, infuriating. I'm it's, si- so, it's such an infuriating. I'm sitting movie. I'm sitting in my car right now. There's an R two D two little foam thing on the top of my antenna. Without checking, there's like an eighty percent chance I'm wearing Star Wars themed underwear. Um, <laughs> I don't have Star Wars socks on today because, you know, I'm not at work, so I got to put on my white Nike socks. I'm a Star Wars junkie fan. I mean, between mm-hmm. between Star Wars, uh, Marvel, uh, me having a seven-year-old little girl, I'm pretty much Disney's bitch for the next decade. <laughs> and I've come to terms with it. I accept it. I'm even going to make myself enjoy it. Yeah. But I think that gives me full credibility you pay for them to make their movies you should have your opinions uh, this is my opinion i i probably you know everybody says ah me and my buddies could have come together and written a better star wars movie than you know the last jedi my buddies and i actually did but that's besides the point oh that was a whole hour hold on hold on okay we're gonna have to have another episode not just the interview with you but also talking about your your plot here because i'm very intrigued about your your last jedi plot because i i definitely uh would like to hear because I, I definitely hearing the plot for the potential duel of the fates rather than rise of Skywalker sounded really cool. I mean, yeah, probably also would have been a disaster, but I, I probably would have liked that more because I, I feel like I, I don't know why I was really missing Coruscant a lot. 
a battle of Coruscant would have been awesome. Yeah, no, it, it. I just there's so many, there's there's so much material out there and room for material. And J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams ends the Force Awakens. I mean, A New Hope 2.0 with yeah, gotta find Luke, gonna find Luke, gotta find Luke. Hey, we found Luke. Roll credits. What the? And that basically just tied the hands of Ryan Johnson going into episode eight, where he had to start right there. There was no two or three year gap. There was no 17 year gap like there was in previous movies. It was mm-hmm. previously on Star Wars. Well, you just saw it, so nothing's happened in the meantime. The opening credits were wasteless because you didn't need them. You just saw it. Here's where we are. Nothing's changed. I love and the, I love the opening credits for for uh, Rise of Skywalker. The dead speak. It's like, and you know what? That's actually a, an interesting plot line. I'm glad they took. Yeah. I don't like the way they went with it, but that's just my personal opinion. Nope. But I'm glad they went that way because even in you know the tragedy of uh, Darth Plagueis, some consider to be unnatural. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's experiment with that. And they yeah, did. I guess um, Palpatine then, just being an unnatural force of life. And then, then there you go. Palpatine again gets blasted by. Dude, you ever think of maybe stop shooting lightning when it's bouncing back at you? It didn't work out the first time with Mace Windu. Stop shooting lightning at the other person if they're bouncing it back at you. Just stop. It's it's as if they never learn. It's like maybe stop building these giant freaking uh, ba- space battle stations that have one stupid flaw in the middle. Oh yeah, and how about uh, have you seen Star Wars Rebels yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. I, it, it, was a, it was the problem I had with Clone Wars, where the animation was really bugging me, and the animation for Rebels is far worse than than Clone Wars. Yeah, and it, the storylines start off kind of childish, and you know, single yeah, it's single a, it's episodes a child where it's show just on like Disney. whatever. Yeah. But in the third and fourth season, I think it got pretty pretty interesting character development wise, storytelling wise. And there was one episode in particular where the guy, one guy, I won't spoil it for you, one guy's like, let's focus on the little thing to make combat more effective for us. And they went, nope, let's go with the Death Star. It's like, this one would have won you the wars. It would have crushed the rebellion instantly. But no, let's go with the Death Star. I will say, I, I, I think out of all of Disney's mishaps and, um, you know, pros that have come out of it i i'm very grateful that rogue one did come out of disney buying star wars because rogue one is probably my second favorite star wars movie i know that i, I a lot of people don't feel that but i, I feel I, that I way definitely you you got an ally when have you ever watched one. a star wars when have you ever watched a star wars movie that you genuinely feel like crying in the end and that movie is the only one that ever brings me to tears Yes, it's so hard to watch everyone die like that because you care so much about these characters. Every single one of them were enjoyable in their own way. Absolutely, and it it is so weird because I know I'm about to get a little bit not safe for work here, but watching Vader come down that hallway after crying gave me the most awkward. Gave me the most awkward boner I've ever had. It's like I'm crying, but this is awesome. Yeah, no, I I will definitely say that moment where Vader absolutely just destroys the Rebel Alliance in the hallway. Better than sex in most situations for me, honestly. I, I, Maybe I, I'm terrible at that. I don't know. I, I, I am terrible at it. I'm really not sure how I got a child, <laughs> to be honest with you, but that's besides l- the point. L- listen, l- listen, listen. It, 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 there's no reason not to admit that you're bad at something, but when a scene in a movie can get you that hyped like that, 
I'm fair to say that's one of the greatest single moments in cinema history I, I've seen in a long time. I, at least from a, a mo- at least from a blockbuster movie. I've definitely seen things that have blown me away, but that was that right there. Shouts out Gareth. Uh, I think it was Gareth Edwards. Yes, or Gareth Evans. Edwards. Edwards. Okay, Evans and Edwards are like the same name, except one of them does very awesome, like horror slash kung fu filipino kung fu movies and the other one does godzilla <laughs> you know it's funny I'm, I'm sitting in my car sweating my ass off and you mentioned that scene i yeah you really I should chills. go inside i got chills dude god bless all right so we we just took our little star wars nerd moment so um we didn't even really touch more on that well, well we might do a star wars episode one of these days full-blown dedicated where, we, we I, another... where i write down bullet we points need... of topics of discussion i want to vent on <laughs> We need another nerd episode. I'll bring Krabs back on because me and Kevin do the Marvel episodes. Um, we'll we'll do one with like all the nerd shit we want to talk about because there's a lot of lot more stuff. I know me and Krabs are really excited for um, what is it? Uh, the new Marvel movie uh, shows coming out on Disney Plus this year. I know oh, yeah. we were talking about because I was watching. We watch Agents of Shield. I don't think you watch that, do you, Matthew? I I'm caught. I don't think I've seen the last season. Ooh, well, it's on right now. This uh, season seven has been fantastic. If you want to watch, it's basically all fan service at this point, where it's like they're just doing callbacks of callbacks. But I love it. I I I, 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 I like to be serviced. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like to be serviced. If I'm seven. If I'm seven seasons into a show that has almost fully developed all its characters, thrown out twist after twist at me, and is still giving me service. Like God bless, dude. I'm happy that this show's been on for seven seasons. Definitely worth catching up. I, I will say that, especially since the season six wasn't great. But we were talking about like Falcon and um, the Winter Soldier. We're super hyped for and that what looks if. exciting. Those two characters together I, look exciting. The, the the Marvel budget that they're getting for TV shows, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Uh, all right. So uh, note to editor: uh, if you want to put a little voiceover that says something along the lines of. Uh, if you're not interested in nerd talk, just skip ahead 10 minutes. We'll get back to NASCAR. Sorry about the delay. And then some intermission music and then boom. So anyway, well, uh, it's how about actually hold on <laughs> one second, one second. Sorry. It's actually funny. You mentioned that because my editor this week is actually my buddy, Chris, who hosts his own podcast known as the geek peak. Now he told me he was going to send me a script to write o- over to him, but I'm actually just going to go ahead and do this on my own. So if you guys enjoyed what we were just talking about there, awesome check out my friend's podcast geek peak it is um i believe it is just the word geek and then like pike's peak i'm pretty sure it's a wonderful podcast they talk (laughs) they talk all about um nerd um pop culture stuff video games movies music i was even shouted out in there for my music festival uh stuff that i do with them um you know they talk about everything on the podcast they're a bunch of wonderful guys. It's my buddy Chris, Brandon, and Trent from college. They're freaking awesome. I love everything they're doing with the podcast. Definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. I believe they're on Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. I don't know about that last one, but they are on Spotify and iTunes. Check them out if you guys love talking about nerd stuff. Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek. I know that Chris right now um, just did a review on Artemis Fowl. And if you want to hear some funny shit that they rip on that movie for highly recommend so now we can move along to racing stuff thank you for bearing with us me and me and Matthew went through a freaking large uh wormhole there sorry not sorry yeah no I don't I don't blame you um so yeah 52 minutes of the episode let's do our Pocono uh preview real quick huh 
Ryan Vargas making a comeback this year. I'm excited Dude. for him. I like that kid, and I know I'm – I don't know if it's appropriate for me to call him a kid, but I'm old, he's young, he's a kid. I, I just can't I'm, wait. I'm I older like than Vargas. Vargas is younger than everyone on the podcast. I'm just excited for him. He's an yeah. excellent, excellent follow on Twitter. Good person. Mm-hmm. Just, just mean ah. god. Chicken nuggy no. review. Just chicken a- nuggy reviews. Yeah, no, dude. I'm very happy for Vargas. I'm really interested to see what he's going to do this weekend because I, I gotta tell you, like the tracks he's done so far in his career have been Iowa. Um, it was Phoenix and, and Road, Road America. America. I feel like Pocono with the speeds you get up to and the amount of braking, I just want to see how he's going to handle the car. If the car comes back in one piece, sign him for more races. He will clean, keep your car clean. He, he, he survived will. Iowa clean. He, sur- he survived every race clean. He brought the car he's, home in one a, piece. You know, It's cool seeing some LTLN alumni showing up and, and getting the job done. So let's – I'm definitely excited for the race tomorrow. We've got a lot of races this week, and we mentioned it. We touched on the ARCA. We got Xfinity, Truck, and then two cup races back-to-back. It's our first real doubleheader since it's not a Wednesday race. And I got to say, I'm definitely interested to see how this is going to work out for, um, for the cup guys. Cause that's a lot of racing around a tough track like Pocono. I think, I think the first race is going to be a little bit boring just because they're like, we got to save this car for tomorrow, save it for mm-hmm. tomorrow. But then when tomorrow yep. comes, they're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, we could put it back together during the week. Hammer down. Yeah, no, I feel like the first one's going to be, um, uh, what is it? It's going to be more like a practice session, really. Like the yeah, first right? hundred or not hundred laps, because what are they doing? 300 and 400 miles? 325 and 350, I think. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, I, I something like the first odd 50, like that. The, the first 50 laps are for sure going to be um, like a practice session or whatever to the competition caution, just to see what their cars can do, especially for Sunday's race. Because I feel like there's uh, Saturday's going to be a crapshoot. Sunday is what you can really prepare for with these cars and obviously just keep it clean. And yeah. I feel like with this package, it's, it's very easy to keep it clean if the cars are just, um, if the cars are going slower, cause it's like, they're all on fricking like glue apparently. And I think they're putting PJ one on the track as well on the car. Wow. And then, <laughs> um, so it's going to be, but then we're going to have somebody it, like send it, send, damn it, send it Stenhouse. That's hard to say. Send it Stenhouse. I can do it my first try. Well, congratulations. But oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Somebody like him just going, here we go. And just because well, they, they know he's going to wreck the entire field. Yeah. He's going to go full Gandalf. Oh, again. oh, shit. There's my phone. Um, I just dropped my phone. Great. So basically, I, I, I definitely do hope that we can get some exciting racing. I mean, Pocono is never the most exciting race of the year. I'm hoping that for sure we don't get any rain, which I didn't get to touch on with Talladega. Again, four straight plate tracks that were moved back a day. It's kind of outrageous if you think about it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But what ha- that's what happens. What when do you, you think's going to happen in August? When you race in the summer at three o'clock, it happens. Mm-hmm. But the point is, with with Pocono, we've always seen weather be an issue. I feel like all the time at Pocono, this is never something new. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we can get both races in schedule distance. You know, good, just good, clean racing. Or whatever. One can only hope. Maybe we just get. One could only hope. Or we just end up like, you know, uh, 2002 where two cars are just going to go off to the side of the track. Oh, wait, we can't do that anymore. They completely got the barriers now. I forgot about that. They, we'll never see a Steve Park, Davey Allison, Elliot Sadler crashing out there. Thank God. Which is good. Which is good. 
let's let's not let's not bounce around it that is good but also there is a potential for someone to just i don't know lose it go down hit the inside barrier come right back into the track and everything explodes but you know i hope not these aren't indie cars that happened in any gotta... car last year. Yeah, thank God. Thank God they got that off the schedule. But yeah, last year when they did that, I was like, well, that's probably why it was maybe a bad idea to move the walls in. But I can see why they did it. We raced... Elliot Sadler's very happy about we it. We raced Indy cars there in the 80s. Like, yeah, you're also going a little yeah. bit faster since then. And there's a lot of, you know, safety yeah. improvements with the car, with the new tub, uh, safer barrier. Like freaking... Fences are always going to be fences. And. Yeah, and also the what is it the um the cars are just more error dependent. They 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 get in the packs on the restarts. It's yeah, just, it's madness. Uh, anyways, they're not racing there anymore. And even if they were, I mean, the new Indy car package is just good luck passing. Yeah, good luck and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So let's go ahead and do our picks now. Kevin has never texted me back when I asked him for picks. Um. So I won't pick for him. Because if I did, I'd be a dickhead and give him all the worst picks. But um, I do have Alex's picks. So Alex sent me his already. And so Alex actually, um, in the point standings, if you guys are following us on Twitter, we've had some interesting developments. So Kevin is still the leader by four points. Um, I'm, I'm following behind. Methy is now back in business. He's under 100 points. So Methy, congratulations. You're moving back in, up in the world. I picked the wrong Penske car. If I had just listened to Cap, I would have picked Blaney, but I was being smartish, smartish, smartash and selfish, and I didn't pick him. And it was looking you good fool. for a while there with Keselowski, but then no. Talladega happened. Yeah, we'll go with that. Fuel mileage happened. Yeah, yeah I, I think he. No, no, it was, it was Logano who was stuck in the first semi-big one. Um, yeah, so maybe you know we could all agree that the Penske cars were the ones to beat last weekend, but. Just gotta pick the right one, or at least one of them. You know. All right, so I've got I've got Alex's picks here. Right, um, start, he's he, got go dark first. horse. Yeah, he's gonna go first. It's gonna be Christopher Bell as his dark horse. Sleeper is Clint Boyer, and his favorite is Kevin Harvick. Um, safe, good picks. I would not be surprised if Alex comes out looking pretty good this weekend. I think he's a little under 65 points from the lead at this point, so he's not out of it yet. For a guy who started very slow, he's he's slowly getting himself back into things. For sure. And um, I'm way Matthew, back there. Do you wanna... Yeah, I go next, because I'm Since, like... Yeah, here, here, give me your Dark Horse, because you're about 95 points behind, so let's see what we, what we got here. Uh, dark Horse, I'm going with uh, John Hunter Nemechek, because okay. that, that guy just seems to be overperforming, and it's like, wait, why is he fighting for a top 10? It's like, where did he come from? He's new, Mr. Where did he come from? So I'm going to go with... He that. really has been this year. I'm going to go it's with a, uh, John Hunter for my dark horse. All right. I'm going to go ahead and pick Stenhouse for this one. I think that uh, just coming off a second place finish, he's on a good high. Uh, let's see if he can continue it. Obviously, you know, I don't want him going full send, but... The top 15 will always get me a lot of points out of the dark horse position, and that's where I've, I've noticed my dark horses have been essentially better than everyone else's dark horses, so I'll take it. <laughs> okay, uh, give me your sleeper. Uh, sleeper, I'm going to go with uh, Matt Benedetto. Okay. Matt E.D. I, think the, uh, the I just realized this is, like the f- this is like the first week you haven't picked a JTG car. I so. know, right? I mean, they're still your favorite, but... They are. I mean, you, you just picked Stenhouse, so I mean, I'm obviously not that far yeah. off my rocker. 
Yeah. I was saying that you could always use your favorite to pick a JTG car, so we're I, not out of the woods just I yet. I could. I'm not going to. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I think for my sleeper, I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. People do forget that Kurt Busch still drives the number one car, and it's still pretty good. It wouldn't shock me at all if Kurt Busch winds up with another top five. I, I just don't know when he's ever going to have that winning car again, but I just know he's always got a top ten car, so. He's close. He's good enough to take a top 15 car and make it a top 10. Oh, yeah, no, Kurt Busch is fantastic. And I actually read something, if we're going to go off topic for a second, that um, since he left Stuart Haas, it's kind of the reason that Stuart Haas hasn't been really developing their cars as well. Because obviously Harvick is a fucking genius, but Harvick um, can only give so much feedback. Kurt Busch is fantastic at not only giving feedback, but understanding the mechanical side of the car to help them fix it which has just been wonderful. Not to take away anything from Harvick's talent and skill within the sport. I'm and, just saying that Kurt Busch and, is also really good. And yeah, and that's actually one of the benefits of driving a junk car. That's why I think mm-hmm. he's better than somebody like, for say, uh, a Denny Hamlin. Nothing, okay. nothing, against, uh, nothing against Denny, but he, didn't, he, didn't, he never drove for uh, Turner Scott Motorsports. He never drove for yeah. Furniture Row before they were JTG aligned. So yep. if you don't know what a junk car JGR. is, JGR, no, what I say, whatever. You said JTG. JTG. <laughs> You've got, you got Stenhouse on your mind, I baby. do, but they, they, doesn't, they don't know what it's like to drive a non-premier yeah. car. And that's something that I think led me to be more on Corey LaJoy's side when he was having that spat with Denny Hamlin, is that yeah. Corey LaJoy has driven bad cars. He's mm-hmm. experienced a fuel pump dying out three, four times a year. When has Denny Hamlin, Hamlin ever not had top dollar parts, top to bottom, front to back? When has he not had top people? Couldn't tell you. Top to bottom, Couldn't front to you. back. He's been with Joe Gibbs his entire career. He's had nothing but the best. So when he starts mm-hmm. talking about you know the pressures of, it's not that easy once you get into a good car. How would you know? You've never been in anything but a good car. And that's where mm-hmm. Kurt Busch is good for developing. He's been in a good car, went to a bad car, and was like, no, no, this is where we need to focus. This is what you need to do. So he's learned how to pick up on weaknesses in a car and eliminate the weaknesses or make them stronger or finding the strong points and emphasizing, okay, let's play to our strong points here. So he's able to develop a car a lot better than somebody like William Byron even. Because when is he yeah. not? Oh, well, Will's all, William, Will Byron has only ever had top equipment, whether he was racing in the top three series or even in like um, the lower class Bandoleros or whatever he was doing beforehand. He's always just had top tier car. You know, I was talking to people who actually like run with Will Byron or know people that run with Will Byron when he was in the lower series. And it's very unusual for someone to buy more than one engine a season. Will Byron's dad bought five engines one season so he could win a championship. Yeah. New engines. New engines. Those those bitches ain't cheap. No. Trust me, I put one in my car for my actual road vehicle, and it cost more than the fucking car did when I bought it. And here's the thing, another Predations. thing about Will Byron. Did he put it in himself? I doubt it. Oh, Look, we're not trying to shit on Will Byron. I do like Will. I do like Willie B. Slick Slick Bill, but we're we're getting to a point here where it's just like you know, basically, you got the guys that have the mechanical experience and the guys that just drive the car. So, yeah. All right. That's why, that's why I'm. I don't think I could ever be a fan of Joey Logano. I mean. All right, well, cool. That, I think we're both in. Uh, I think we're both on the same page for that one, like, uh, for different reasons. Just, I've worked on my own cars. I've pulled engines, pulled trans. I've been underneath a car mm-hmm. by myself, putting a transmission and clutch in. So I, I don't have that sympathy for somebody 
in their position where it's like, oh, I've got it so rough. Like, I don't see you under a car yeah, yeah. in 90 degree heat putting a transmission in so you can go racing tomorrow night. Sorry, I got off topic again. No, you're good. You're good, man. I, I, I feel like I need to admit that I don't even know how a clutch works. So, uh, little elves Just, pushing springs. Listen, I don't know how mechanical things work in cars. It's, I've, I've said it before on the podcast. I think it's all magic, but um, you know, you guys are the magicians, Matthew. Yeah, it's scary to think. Scary to consider myself that, but okay. <laughs> all right. So your favorite for your poker on Saturday as we went on a. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Penske, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with the alliteration again. I'm gonna go with Blaney. All right, all right. Gonna fix your mistake. He's won there before. Yeah. Now I'm gonna curse him. Sorry, sorry, Cap. But uh, now I'm going with Blaney this time. Um, I'm gonna go with his teammate Brad Keselowski. Something's telling me that uh, Brad is gonna uh, pull something off again. He's already got two wins. I think he's an early, early to rise guy, and he gets all his wins kind of in a row per se. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that Pocono could be the last one of the season for him. Maybe last in a Penske car, depending on how his contract goes, but he's still hot. He's still hot right now. Oh, and, I want to uh, see him go to the 48 car next year. I think that a lot of us would like that, but um, you know, there, there's the people that want him in the 48. There's people I want LaJoy in the 48. And then there's the smooth brains. I want Larson in the 48. <laughs> so, Did you just say the you know, smooth hey, brains? Hey. Yeah, just I, 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 I listen. There's no doubt in my mind that Larson. He, what does he have? Eleven fucking sprint car wins in a row. I lost count, but yeah, it's so he's many. Good. He's he, good. He, he's gonna come back to NASCAR at some point. We'll have that conversation when that does happen. But he's not going to the 48 car. There no. is talk about him going to Stuart Haas. There is also talk to, about him going to IndyCar, which I find pretty interesting. About like AJ Foyt's or yeah, either Foyt or. Is he unknown? Yeah, Unser doesn't own a team. No, it, yeah, it was Foyt, Foyt has been rumored. Yeah, it's definitely there's no doubt in my mind he's going to move from dirt again. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. There was, a I think, maybe putting him in a year. And that's where Rick the IRL. That's good. why the IRL came to be to give guys yeah. like like Kyle Larson, Larson coming out of sprint cars and midgets and the dirt, the USAC scene to move up into an IndyCar ride because back in the nineties, it was all, you know, formula one rejects yeah. nothing against rejects, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Coming with money yeah, come and on, the American guys who don't have international backing. were going, well, I can't get a ride in Indy. Tom Cruise said it best. Unless your last name's Andretti or Unser, you ain't getting an IndyCar ride. Rick Mir. What? Or Foyt. Yeah. Or Foyt. Oh, they came up. You said Unzer and Andretti, yeah. I was going to say Rick Mears, Casey Mears. Casey Mears legitimately got a ride literally because of Rick. Yeah, and he drove champ cars. Yeah? Yeah, he did. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, him, (laughs) Michael McDowell, uh, J.J. Yaley. Alex just made a tweet. It's like, he didn't know J.J. Yaley ran IndyCar. It's like, that's... I didn't know J.J. Yaley ran IndyCars. When was this? Uh, early 2000s. Well, that was when the IRL was the IRL. I watched IRL in the early 2000s. I went to a couple of IRL races in the early 2000s. How do I not remember this? Because it was, shit, 20 years ago now. I was a child. <laughs> I was a child. That's... That might be part of it. I wasn't looking for J.J. Yaley in the field. So I could see absolutely a, somebody like Kyle Larson. Christopher Bell should have gone the IndyCar route, mm. but there's more money in NASCAR. There's more of a, yeah. an opportunity for a I wouldn't be surprised star. if maybe we see 
we see some guys moving on over to the Indy 500 soon. I know Kurt Busch was the last NASCAR driver to do it. I'd like to see another one do it soon, but uh, maybe not this year. No, probably not this Are they- year. Yeah, probably with everything that's been going on, it's a little more difficult with schedules. Um, okay, so Kevin actually just sent me his picks. About time. Um, Kevin also picked John Hunter as his dark horse. Um, he got Will Byron, Mr. Sleeper himself, as his sleeper. And then his favorite is Kyle Busch. Very, very safe approach from Kevin. Solid and safe picks. Can't blame him for those. Yeah, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I should probably write Kurt next to Kurt so I don't get confused. Um, okay. All right, so rounding out the field, do you want to take it away, Matthew, or do you not have anything? Uh, I think I've gone off topic and ranting tangents enough as it is. I'll uh, let yeah, you, I'll let you we've, lead we've and I'll follow. Off topic. I'll okay. let you lead, I'm, I'll follow. I'm running very behind on what I need to talk about at this point because this episode's run a little longer. I think we're already at like an hour and oh, – it's only an hour and nine minutes. Okay, we're almost done here. Um, I will say, um, uh, Bubba went on, um, on Twitter today and said, people have the right to peacefully protest NASCAR's ban of the Confederate flag. He adds, you won't see cops pepper spraying them or shooting them with rubber bullets though, will you? And, uh, show me, show me the lie. (laughs) Uh, there's nothing there. There's nothing but the truth there. Yep, that's the truth right there. Bubba hit the nail right on the head. So, no, and I also appreciate Bubba pointing out that, yeah, we do have a right. We do. People have a right to uh, peacefully protest. I'm not going to protest for the Confederate flag. Literally, me and my girlfriend drove by. If you're from Tampa, Florida, you know that there's an interchange on I-4 and I-75 with a giant Confederate flag the size of a fucking Home Depot, and they took it down. It's not there anymore. And me and my girlfriend both applauded that shit. So, it was, uh... Definitely, I, I hear what Bubba's saying, though. So, shouts out, Bubba, once again. Amen. Getting, getting the, 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 the good news out there. Um, apparently, also, phones have been ringing off the hook for him, for his team, so good. Hopefully. I, I don't know what to talk about, because I need to put this in. I need to put NASCAR Reddit on top, not, not, not hot. It's all Bubba stuff on here. That's one of the main things I like about our NASCAR. Oh, we didn't even. It's everything. You want Instagram story, Twitter story, you know, random fan stories. It's all there. Um, I will say we didn't talk about one of the, we talked about the best save of the weekend uh, with uh, Ryan Blaney saving it going 190, but uh, shouts out the um, jet dryer air Titan uh saving it on the banking uh probably need to pick up that speed though next time bud do you see the video of the guy actually losing it in the uh jet yeah drive? that one yeah homie actually legitimately could have flipped there so like he went from the top groove to the to the basement like sideways. how hard how hard do you think he puckered there uh i don't think there was enough pucker power i do believe he shit his pants Anyways, okay, um, what else we got? Um, you see, alliteration can be your friend. Pucker power, <laughs> set the maximum. That was, the race on Monday was the most televised, um, or most watched NASCAR postponed race since Texas of 2014. So, shouts out NASCAR, lots of new viewers on there, and that's really awesome to see. And way to go um, putting forward a great show for them. Exactly, exactly. Hopefully that continues to show, and 
but nobody tell them that we're in the boring part of the season right now. No one, no one let them know. They'll figure it out on their own. Um, Hopefully they'll be like, this is exciting. True NASCAR, not true NASCAR fans, excuse me. Old school NASCAR fans, this is the boringest shit ever. And then we get into the exciting uh, series again. They're like, oh, this is even better. And we get them hooked. Yep. Uh, let's see here. I got really nothing else besides, like, we already talked about Dustin Skinner. Uh, douchebag. Um, speaking of douchebag. I got... Speaking of douchebag, yeah. uh, listening to a door bumper clear with uh, Hannah Newhouse filling in for uh, Casey Boat, I really like I her like as a as a host, as her personality. She's wonderful. She's so why is she not driving? She's got the personality for it. Obviously, she called mm-hmm. Riley Herbst a douchebag on accident, you know. But still, she was right. Well, you know, she dates she dates Dylan Welch also, who is also a driver in his free time. He did the um, was it the Snowball Derby or was it the? It, there's one in Nashville, I think. I, he's a midget driver. Nashville, thought, wasn't Nashville? He? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, is the Chili Bowl midgets or yeah? And it's like you know Snowball what? Derby. It's like genuinely good for them. I mean. I've driven yeah, race he, cars. Yeah, he was very fast. I would love to see both of them racing against each other. I think that would be a fun story. I've driven race cars. I've raced against women. And the women I've raced against, uh, they don't have the personality for TV or radio. <laughs> so it's like, ugh. So she's got a good personality. She's funny as hell. She's knowledgeable as all hell. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good for her. Happy racing power couple. Let's go. Put them in a car. Dude, dude move over. Danica Stenhouse. Danica and Stenhouse. Give me more Hannah and Dylan. Amen to that. No, but they, H- Hannah, she does the um the e racing um for not Coca Cola i racing. She does the heat racing, I think sometimes. Yeah. And her and Rusty Walrus, which again, that's a ridiculous name, but God bless him for picking it. I, I wish I did that as my fake name. Dude, my um, name's Jeremy Medfield. Okay, so there's no yeah. there's no. There's no judging silly names coming from me. So it fits, it works, run with it. I think that Jeremy Methfield is a more powerful name than Rusty Walrus. I'll just put that out there. But they are both powerful names. Mine's just, mine was uh, topical at the time. So, I mean, yeah. I, I got lucky with that one. I got lucky with that one. We need to get actual Jeremy Methfield. Jeremy Mayfield uh, fucking um, verified on Twitter. He's tweeting enough that he should be at this point. He did an AMA on Reddit a couple years ago, and I left this whole long story of, you know, how I became a fan of his and how I was heartbroken, and the truth lies in the middle because they both have something to lose. And I think he realized that I didn't mean anything, like, negative about him yeah. with my username. It was just me being a smartass. And we both made plans to uh, get thrown out of an Applebee's together if we're ever in town Dude. at the same time. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that mandate offer is still open. I'm telling you, man, Daytona in August, if we all can go to that, and Florida hasn't become a complete zombie nation at this point, like definitely we all should meet up at Applebee's and get record the episode and get thrown out of it. I, I prefer the Hooters across the street. I haven't had their buffalo shrimp in a long time. Oh. Man, I could also go for some Hooters, but I tend to do that on a Monday after Chase Elliott wins. But uh, good call, good call. Well, that's fair. If we do record the episode after, it depends when we record the episode. But definitely, we're trying to do a live episode for sure. The Applebee's or Hooters, they'll they'll let us do it. They won't care. It'll look like a fancy football draft to them. They'll encourage us. They'll be like, "Who wants more beer?" It's like this, this isn't exciting enough. Let's get it slickered up and on air. Oh. <laughs> 
I love it. All right. Um, okay, I already shouted out Geek Peak. Uh, I want to also shout out our partners at Stadium CTV. Guys, make sure to check them out. They are wonderful for uh, smaller sports podcasts, getting their name out there. Uh, make sure to check out their MVP network. Um, it's a wonderful way to connect with more fans, more listeners, and, of course, more opportunities to grow your brand. Um, StadiumScene.tv. I also want to say make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTLN Podcast. Um, and follow us on iTunes and Spotify. Hopefully, excuse me, we'll get this episode out to you today on Friday um, because it would make no sense for you to have it tomorrow. Um, but, uh, to tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything you want to plug, Matthew? Um, this podcast, I like it. <laughs> Matthew approves of the podcast. I got to go down to Miami to go help my girlfriend go buy a switch. So until next time, I have been Anthony. I have been Methfield, and I apologize for everything. <laughs> Kevin and Alex hopefully will be back next week. We'll see you then. Love you guys. What he said. And now, from high above the start-finish line at Ontario, here is Ken Squire. City block in less than a second. Who will take the lion's share of $180,000 as it roars into the first turn and they begin to shuffle down the back straightaway. It is a two-car joust. And now moves in to appropriate the lead. Into turn three, he fireballs his way into the lead. Goes out in front by one, two, three car lengths. Here. It is a game of improvisation being played at its very best right now. All the leading car owners, the patrons of the art are here today. Talk about a choo-choo train. And look at that Oklahoma land rush back there. It is going to be a land rush to decide the Daytona 500. It's down to the inside every so often to scoop some fresh air into the automobile because the gauges begin to roll around and get red and rosy out there. The gauges just get red and rosy out there and you have to watch them all the time. Lincoln car thrusting that machine back in front. Sticks it right in there out of turn number four. He may have shot his arrow a little too early here. Earnhardt retiring. The engine caves in on car number two. His car turning out to be a smoker, and that may indeed impair his health for this race. That is Donnie Allison, his engine erupting up here. Johnny Utzman hand grenades the engine. It detonates right at the start-finish line. As the hopes of Johnny Utzman go up in smoke, the engine tortured at car number 27 and beginning to give up. The heart of the car beginning to go. And now he begins to ache, he begins to hurt Mark. And you can see A.J. Foyt's red machine up against the wall still smoldering a bit. But if they touch at 190 miles an hour, it's good night nurse. We've had a rash of yellow fever here today. There you see the Marcus car coming in on the hook. Marcus hopes have evaporated today. As he comes around, through where the Holocaust took place in turn number four. Following him, it is a Holocaust. Seven, eight, nine automobiles smashing. Jody Ridley crashing into the infield. Spinning, splashing their way Bobby down the road. And his car slithering and sliding down in turn number four. Slipping, sliding through cars. And it's shoot and scoot from here, David. Neil Bonnet, a stout and steady third out here. Allison resting beautifully in third. This is one beautiful driver. 
laps beginning to unravel in this magnificent race. Getting some air, gobbling it up into car number 88 to keep the engine cool for that final assault. Is about to make his assault on Donnie Allison. A kamikaze attack. We have our own Banzai pipeline here today, and it's the start-finish line of the Daytona Speedway. Like bullets, they propel themselves out of the corner. And here comes the avalanche, spilling down into the first turn. Now they peel off like a squadron of fighter planes through the slower oh. machines. Oh, Bonnet almost getting pushed out. Bonnet comes to the inside in a slower car. Look at Bonnet looking for room. He can't find it. He's in the box. He is caught. He moves into the middle. He goes right through the buttonhole. Through the eye of the needle. He's still trapped. Heavy traffic. Beautiful driving. Draws a beat on the checkered flag as he storms out of turn number four at over 190 miles per hour.